0: This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at OnPointPalMade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by The Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to TheBeanBastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to The Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. People say you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. This rings true because it's so hard that if you don't, any rational person would give up. It's really hard have to do it over a sustained period of time. So if you don't love it, and if you're not What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is John Lamacchia of Kanderia. Uh, He's about to put out a solo record, and it comes out uh, May 20th via Aqualam uh, Records. Uh, and I've had the pleasure of listening to this record, and it's uh, it's really intriguing. Um, you know, with a band like Candiria and some of the, the other projects that John has you know done over his career he has such a breadth of work that's out. So to say that like, oh, I would assume he's only going to be doing something that sounds like this. um, It's not as easy to do that. It's not as easy to pigeonhole him into something given, like I said, the, the wealth of influences that that band has been able to pull through. And a lot of the things that he has done, uh, I think he showcases that He's a very dynamic person uh, with a lot of interests and a lot of uh, far reaching, you know, ideas and influences and all those kind of things. And this record is, it taps into something a little bit different. And what was really interesting about this conversation um, was kind of getting more into, I would say, sort of like the, the, the headspace and the the cerebralness of the music and kind of how things that he's gone through have kind of informed how the record sounds. And, you know, without giving too much away, because it's funny through the connections that we, or I should say, I allowed myself to kind of, uh, talk about some things that I don't want to say that they're embarrassing, but it's, it's one of those where, um, you know, and I guess I'll give sort of a spoiler away uh, to the upcoming conversation, but, you know, I talk about getting my, my cards read for the first time. And it's one of those where I was a little hesitant to bring it up and, and have been because typically you assume that people are going to look at you and judge you like, Oh, you you did that. And it's funny because I'm starting to just not care about what people think of what I'm doing in my own life, first and foremost, but it's been very interesting that as I kind of open up more about my life experiences, especially on this podcast, that very oddly it almost seems to be rewarded uh, and almost kind of serendipitous that I'm I'm telling someone this for the first time that I've never met because of the connections that we subsequently end up making because we have a mutual shared uh, experience or something that happened as an, as a, as an aside to, you know, me sharing something or the guest sharing something. And that happened a lot in this episode with John. Um, So much so that it was kind of freaky to just kind of be like, yo, this is uh, very interesting and very much a, a telling tale of, You know, I've made the comment and I think I made it at the end of this episode, even during our chat, which was, you know, sometimes I was supposed to have gotten someone on the show years ago and it just, for whatever reason, never panned out. And then I finally have a conversation with somebody and I think it's infinitely better because I'm not trying to do what I used to, which is kind of steer a conversation somewhere or be very rigid in my approach, but I'm a lot more fluid into letting conversation happen and just kind of seeing where it goes. And I think in that the shows are infinitely more interesting as, as a listener. And and I know they are at least to me. Um, and usually when I talk to the person for a little bit afterward or whatever, you know, I, I get that same, uh, sentiment. So it's, uh, it's one of those where this was a, a really interesting chat and I really was looking forward to talking with John and without further ado, let's just get into it. So here's my conversation with John. I'll talk to you all on the other side of it. usually like my uh go-to and i hit record too by the way when this just starts going uh more of a conversation than anything but i was gonna say it's so funny like i have come to find that a lot of people kind of fuck with dilla like they're like i dig it like it's just kind of lo-fi it's chill it's ambient like it kind of doesn't seem to matter who you are typically when i have people come on they're like i dig it it's it's a vibe for sure
1: yeah i was vibing with it
0: (laughs) it's funny because like i feel like you being i mean cuz i know you're a bit older than i am and i'm almost 40 but being a product of you know new york and stuff like that like uh a show that i used to do co-host on called discography discussion
1: mm-hmm.
0: we did an episode on canderia okay at the time a lot of people were like i can't wait to hear john talk about this cuz like he's into hip hop and stuff like that more so than the other two hosts and so it was kind of funny cuz they'd be like is this really hip hop and i'm like oh this is really fucking hip hop like mm-hmm. i go and they do it at a level too where you're almost like I would love to see a full album of this, mm-hmm. but I was like, I think the thing that's so interesting about collectively musicians that I find from New York is you just feel like the vibe, the melting pot of your environment. And it comes across like, you know, the jazzy stuff, the like kind of eclectic hardcore stuff, like just everything that is inevitably what Kinderia was comes through because it's, it seems so authentically, the melting pot of like New York and its environment. Thank
1: you. I appreciate that. Well, um, just so you know, that is absolutely not true. I'm definitely not the hip hop guy in the band.
0: <laughs> right. Um, I know that, but I'm just saying like as a whole, <clears throat> Yeah,
1: no, totally. I do have, you know, I do have my, my influences, you know, and like you said, being from New York city, it's hard to be from this city and not be sort of uh, influenced by, by the music that's around you. You know, I mean, you hear music constantly um, on the subway you know, cars passing by, you know, you just walk into a restaurant, you go anywhere you go, you in a park, You anywhere you are, you're surrounded by, um, by all kinds of music. And um, it's, uh, it's, like I said, it's, it's, you know, I grew up on soul, R&B, uh, disco, you know, um, <laughs> my family was, was, you know, big in, into music. So, and, and, you know, you can't help but that getting into your blood and into your mind and into your heart and soul as a musician or an artist um, and I still think those influences affect me, you know, when I write as brutal as the music I may write or as, as dark and like heavy as I might write, still those things are there, you know? And I, I talk to uh, my friend, Julie Christmas, a lot about this. We talk about growing up and hearing like freestyle as, as an example we, we constantly bring up because it's kind of funny, like, you know, we find some of the lyrical content and some of the, you know, the song and the, the songs and the style um, kind of funny but in a way we know all the lyrics. We know the songs when they come on, we know the melodies, <laughs> you know, this shit is like, it's in your head. And, and you're right, man. It is uh Kandiria would not be the band that it was without, if it, if we didn't come up where we came up.
0: Well, I think that's, <clears throat> as I've gotten older, it's something that I've noticed so much is, you know, you were just kind of speaking to, I'll say kind of the DNA of music, like mm-hmm. that you are able to kind of, becomes a part of you a kind of a connectivity a connectedness that's not mm-hmm. a word i'm kind of trying to ma- meld words but meld words um <clears throat> but i mean even it's funny cuz like even in listening to this record you know your your solo self-titled record the the last track why are you the way you are like mm-hmm. to me it's funny like listening to that i couldn't help but think a couple times you know listening to the song you know as cause I usually smoke before I go to bed to help me go to bed. Uh-huh. And so I kind of threw on the record uh, cause sometimes I like to just kind of see what that's like. Uh, mm-hmm. The other day, you know, it's, it's been nice here in Michigan. So we had like 60 degree weather. So I turned down, you know, cranked down the windows, just kind of, you know, played this kind of gave it that car uh, sure. experience, which I think is kind of lost on some people, mm-hmm. but you know, I've kind of taken the record in a few different ways. And I come back to that the way that the record closed with, why are you the way you are? And yeah. I kind of feel like, the, that song in particular kind of came at a very interesting point where it's like, I think a few years ago I'd been like, man, this song is like too drony. I'm just not into it. Mm-hmm. But like now I have like my therapy brain that I've kind of gone through with therapy and kind of doing mm-hmm. some stuff. You know, I had my uh, cards read uh, for the first time ever about a week ago. And there's just like kind of this almost self-discovery, like of uh, the questions of why. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And to me, like I hear a song like that and I'm like, this is something that someone who has lived a life mm-hmm. would write, because I don't think you could write that as a, as a young person.
1: Right. Well, I appreciate that very much. And it's funny that you mentioned um, getting your cards read because, you know, I think it's, it's obvious to me that that's a reading, it's a, actually an actual re- reading that um, Candace Fresco, who actually uh, co-wrote the song angels, angels delight mm-hmm. uh, on the record and sang the song and wrote the melody in the words. Um, she did the reading, you know, the, the idea of putting this song on the album, I actually don't even consider it a song. I consider it more of a mantra.
0: I was going to say it. It feels like a chant, like a mantra. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I actually wanted to
1: point out, I really love the idea of incorporating mantras or declarations and, and, you know, not just considering things, songs, and putting those on albums. I started playing with that idea. And this was, uh, this was a question that came into my mind. Should I put this song on the record? Is it relevant enough? Will it make sense with the rest of the material thematically? And um, once Candace I asked her, I was like, would you be interested in doing a spoken word? Because I just, I actually really do love the sound of Candace's voice, her speaking mm-hmm. voices. She has this really great like tonality, this quality to her voice that I just really love. Um, and she said, yeah, well, why don't I do a reading? And I was like, oh my God, this is fucking perfect. And uh, she's like, yeah, dude, why are you the way you are? Wouldn't that make sense? And I was like, I love it. And and we did. We She did a reading and uh, we recorded it and I just took it and I literally ran the whole thing through. I edited a few times for the song to have this like sort of uh, space and this quality to it, but pretty much it's the reading straight through. And um, yeah, man, uh, I, um, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that track because I felt that that was the type of track that only certain people would sort of connect with it, um, but I hope I hope everyone does. I hope everyone gets it.
0: It It's so funny. Cause like I, <clears throat> I'm starting to find, I don't want to, I guess I will call it permission, the permission to talk about some more of the experiences that I'm, that I go through and how oh. I kind of connect with things or things that I do. And I think this is actually the first time I've talked about having my cards read. Mm. Uh, Cause like I said, it just happened about a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. And It's funny because the uh, friend of mine's wife read my cards because she's getting into that aspect of of, uh, I guess, her practice. And it was one of those where I remember talking to my friend and he was like, you know, I could set you up with my wife and so on and so forth. And I was like, yeah, I think that would be cool. I'm comfortable with her. I know her. I was like, so yeah, I, I think we should do that. And then he was like, you seem hesitant, though. And I go, yeah, I just. I don't know. Like, what do you do with the information? And then he right. was like, well, you went to therapy, right? And I go, yeah. And he goes, and how did you find that? I go, Oh, it like gave me tools that like, you don't realize you're getting them at the time, mm-hmm. but like, there are times and instances where I'm like, Oh, therapy brain, boom. And just kind of kick in to solve problems, be present in the moment, which is something that I struggled with. Mm-hmm. And I, and he goes, so all that, that would do then whatever your cards tell you is just give you more information and knowledge to, go through life sure
1: yeah and, <clears throat> just to consider just it's just information to consider and think about and ponder and maybe that maybe it is like you said maybe it'll help you just like a therapy session or a therapists giving you this information throughout your the course of your you know sessions
0: is is that something that you have like readings and stuff like that is that something that you have been doing for a while or is that something that's new to you even
1: well, much like yourself, my first reading was with Candace. I never mm-hmm. had my cards read before. She did one before that, um, which was really, really amazing. I mean, it was really a great experience. Um, and it was very informative and it was sort of enlightening. And um, so it was like, and that was, I think, what was that, a year ago? I mean, mm-hmm. It was during the pandemic. Actually, maybe 2020 at this point, mid-2020, Um, yeah, in the summertime, I think so pretty much two years ago was the first time I ever had my cards read. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a new experience for me, but I think it's just something that like everyone should consider. Why not? I mean, you know, just why not experience it? Um, (laughs) it's it's really interesting. Um, it's kind of, um, the, I don't know, the processes, the art is the, the cards, the deck itself. It's always like, it's, it's a beautiful sort of thing to experience.
0: Well, I think something that was interesting about it to me was, you know, I, I didn't understand. I mean, just like, you know, you have no frame of reference for it. But mm-hmm. when my card, the first set of cards were drawn, it was like two of mine were upside down or reversed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, immediately it was kind of funny. I was like, oh, that's bad. And she was like, no, no, no. Like <laughs> it actually <laughs> yeah. like I look at it like this, like you have it's almost like you have the tools or the perspective or whatever it is that the cards are revealing. But mm-hmm. you don't got it all in place yet. Like you're almost there, you're under the path. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that. And then Another thing that I thought was interesting, but almost similarly to therapy was, you know, she used another set and I didn't know there was multiple sets with different things and they kind of wow. tell you different stuff. And so it was funny. She drew other cards and it was interesting how they aligned with the ones that she had gra- drawn before from the other deck. And I was like, oh, what was the point of that? She goes, well, like any like a soup, you don't just use three ingredients like, yes, that would be good. But if you right. want to elevate it and take it to the next level and, and all that, like. Wouldn't you want to know more? Don't you want to see what else? And I was like, that's an interesting way of kind of thinking about it. And then therapy brain kind of kicked in and I was like, all right, like Hmm. what is, what does this mean? Or how am I taking in this information and how does it apply to my life and stuff like that? It's been very interesting and I find I've talked about it with a few people and they're, they're so inquisitive, but I almost feel like it feels sort of like. I would say for me, the first thing that felt like this was was music, like certain music was taboo, couldn't listen to it because either the lyrical concepts or uh, the imagery or whatever. But more more recently in my adult life, it was going to dispensaries and feeling like you're doing something wrong just by even entertaining the idea of doing it. And then when you start doing it, you're like, what was the big fuss about this? This yeah. is actually like kind of like not for weed it, like yes it is cool but it's one of those where you're like there's nothing wrong about this this shit's in cookie jars like come yeah. on <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so you know i kind of wanted to talk <clears throat> sort of uh something i i find interesting because for those i'm sure that know the band know you like you had another solo project and i'm still sure you probably will still continue to do that but i like the idea and the thought i just kept thinking of as i was listening to this record was what goes into a name mm. because when you already have something established, right. Deciding to, to personify your music with your name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost a bit of a rebrand and it's something that I've done two times now, kind of either rebranding an image and then before having my name tied to the show, but then I had a co-host and then I was like, I feel disingenuous having my name tied mm. to something where there's, it's a group or a collective. So then brutally speaking was, uh was born but I don't think people understand kind of the almost a identity crisis or whatever. I, I don't necessarily know the words I'm looking for, but it is kind of an interesting thing to go through to land on a name and to, to use your name. I feel like I don't want to say it's vanity. I almost feel like it's it's kind of an absence of because when you use your name, like it truly represents you. Right. So right. Uh, I don't know if uh, there was a lot involved in changing the name or deciding to call this after yourself or not. Mm.
1: Well, you know, I find it interesting. I want to point something out. Okay. Your name's John. My name's John. You had your cards read recently. Me too. Not so long ago. And now we kind of have the same experience with dealing with the idea of um, that sort of like ownership um, of like having a, a project that is really a, something like, like it's, it's really mine. I'm, I'm kind of leading the charge, but at the same time, there are other people involved. So you kind of feel like, well, can I really call it my own thing? So I find that interesting just, <laughs> you know, just as an aside. Um, but other than that, um, my experience was pretty simple. I mean, this, this was going to be another Spilacopa record. Um, mm-hmm. I was just, it's just been the name that I've been using for many, many years, um, and I have built a, a following with it. I have sort of created this sort of like identity that like people know. Oh, that's John's thing, you know. But what happened was um, my manager, Chris Enriquez, shout out to Chris. He's great. Um, he uh, started managing me. Um, and before we even I, I think right around the time when Aqualam came along, it was like the same thing. They, the label came along and so did he. Um, Chris was excited. He was really excited about the prospect of managing me. Um, it was a new thing for him. He just started managing within the last year and a half or so. Um, and, uh, so he, he started, he was talking about it a lot with people and he, and that's the way he is. He's, a, he's like a networker. So it's a mm-hmm. great, great thing that he's doing for himself. Um, so he had a conversation with this guy named Rob Gross. Um, and Rob is in the music industry as well. He's also familiar with, very familiar with Candiria. He's, a, he's a, a big supporter um, and he's also very familiar with uh, the Spilacopa project that I've, that I've had for many, many years. Um, but, you know, when, when Chris mentioned that I was going to be putting out another record and I was going to be using a Copa moniker, Rob mentioned, and I have to credit him. Um, he was like, look, I honestly think it's time for that for that dude to start thinking about rebranding and, and presenting himself <laughs> in, a, in a new way, because, you know, it's, it's like it's hard enough to cut through the noise, you know, uh, these days. Uh, As you know, um, with all the, you know, people have so much. There are so many people um, (laughs) creating things and presenting things to the world now than there ever have been. It's like, how do you cut through that? And he was like, he's like, you know, he goes, his history with it is great. But if this is really something that's coming straight through him and he really should consider using his own name. And at first I was really kind of like, I was like, whoa, that's what what the fuck? You know, I was like kind of a little like (laughs) agitated by it. But the more and more I thought about it, I was like, you know what, this guy is one hundred percent right. Um, it's definitely time for me to sort of like use my own name, use my own identity, because um, my name, you know, in some circles does carry a little bit of weight. You know, like people do know my my history with Candiria; they do trust that um, that uh, the the history that you know, I you know, not to whatever they know <laughs> who they know what I've done. And uh, if they like that in the past, they'll hopefully come and check out what, I, what I'm doing now. Um, so I, I think that uh, it is it can be a strategic thing. Um, other than that, I think what goes into a name is, is sort of, um, I don't know. I think your name, I think the name that you choose has to, has to co- consist constantly. Um, I'm making up words here. <laughs> I think it has to continue to inspire you. Um, in some way, I think you always have to look at it and say, "Yes, this this works. This still works. This moniker or this this badge basically um, still is a great way to represent what we or I do." Um, so, I hope that answered your question.
0: It does. It, it does also make me wonder. With <clears throat> it's so it's it sounds so weird to say it like this, but I, I think you'll understand where I'm coming from. But I think this record feels kind of vulnerable in a way that i don't think anything that you've done has feels very personal and vulnerable yeah i feel like to call it anything other than yourself feels almost disingenuous to the music that you created personally
1: well thank you i appreciate that it is very personal i mean you know uh If you're, if I was ever going to get personal at any time in my life, it was absolutely at this point, you know, with the whole world in, in, you know, in, in our minds, and I'm sure you you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know where this was going. Uh, Isolation will really make you start thinking about things, heavy things. Um, And then, you know, your world gets very small and the people around you become really that much more important. And then. You know, when things start to shift and change, you know, things can become really intense. And, uh, you know, these are intense experiences that I that I went through and um, compacted by what the hell was happening in the world. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's a good point you raise.
0: Well, I mean, even looking at just the song titles, like when I got the the link to the record, sometimes I like to just look at titles and kind of think like even just kind of looking them in the track listing. It's like, what is what is maybe the narrative that you can get just from that? Mm -hmm. And I mean, you kind of look through it and it's like bled out, Mm -hmm. uh, put you down. And as you were saying, kind of like a seismic shift, you got ghost on a tectonic plate, Um, you know, disconnect and stuff like that. It's like this, I kind of knew going into it, looking at some of these that I was like, it almost feels like this is going to be a heavy weighty record. And that's why, like I said, I kind of wanted to take it in in, in different moods, like where mm-hmm. it's like, like when I got when I got high and listened to it, it feels very connected all together. It feels like it just flows and it's not necessarily, I would say, songs It felt like movements kind of to use like classical music terminology. Mm-hmm. When I listened to it with kind of this, like with sun and, you know, the windows down and driving, mm-hmm. it took on a, a kind of more happier vibe like i know i picked up on more of those notes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it's interesting how multifaceted this can be based on i guess the your where you're kind of coming into the entry point of where you're coming into the music from and i don't know if enough people have kind of lived with it long enough in the short time that we've all had it Mm -hmm. to kind of go through it in that different way but i know something i focus on and, and have found very interesting in recent times is talking to the, the guests on the show and, and kind of this perception of you as an artist. It's so weird because potentially you've had these songs for a year or two and you've already lived them as much as you can. Sure. But now you're having to go backwards and re kind of live where you were. So we're catching up to your pre- We're. You're in our present, but we're in your past and somewhere is right in the middle of where everything is. And it's a very weird space to kind of think of people having to exist never in one moment.
1: That's really interesting that you say that. Um, And uh, I, I did think a lot about that, actually, because, you know, once, you know, this was a very cathartic record. Obviously, it's very like, you know, like you said, it's very deep. It's very heavy hearted. Um, And I've always written music like that. I always have. I've always written. I've always been moved by music that was more sort of like heart wrenching than anything else. You know, even though I I played in Candyria for however many years, um, still my uh, my heart and my my soul is really like this sort of heart, like heartache, sad song type of guy. That's always been the way I am. Um, But I I, I did think about the fact that, okay, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to process these. This is how I process life. You know what I mean? I write songs. This is what I do. My mom passed away. I wrote like three, four songs. It became sort of like a therapy for me. This is years ago. But um, this is just how I process things. And it's like a great, for me, I can't, I'm so grateful I have it. I mean, I couldn't imagine someone who struggles with either temporary mental, mental disorders, like, like, you know, depression from the loss of a loved one, um, or, or, or some kind of traumatic thing that you're dealing with and kind of post traumatic stress syndrome. Um, but not having a way to sort of express that or get Mm -hmm. that out or, or turn that into like a piece of art or, or write it down in in an artistic way. I think it's such a great tool. Uh, um, when you think about it therapeutically, Um, so but I so I did think about the the idea of like, okay, well, I'm gonna make this record and I'm gonna make the art for it, I'm gonna do all these things, and I'm gonna perform these songs, and it's gonna be my way of processing this. And then mm. I'll be done. I won't you're never done really. But you know what I mean? I'll get mm. to a point where I'm like, okay, now I, I can work on something else. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that these songs and and this journey musically um, and lyrically and thematically. Um, help someone else, you know? So um, I, I'm glad that you, you know, first of all, I want to thank you for checking out the album in many different ways. It's almost like you're like, you've kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting that you went, you kind of did that and kind of like, Oh, I'm going to listen to it this way. And then this way, even if you didn't do it intentionally, it just worked out that way. I appreciate it.
0: Well, I think that's, <clears throat> I think that's the thing for me sometimes. Like I, have had this struggle recently, where a lot of times I don't really listen to the the music that I get given because I don't want this to be all right. So tell me about this song. Tell me about this track. Tell me about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a what couple of year or almost about a year ago, I think at this point. Like after I had first gone to therapy, I had uh, Lee from Born of Osiris on. They're kind of a progressive metal band, um, and he had put out a solo record that's very proggy and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and. And then like, I listened to it, but like, I didn't, I didn't want to talk about the record necessarily. I wanted to talk to him and we talked about, you know, going to therapy. We talked about, uh, drug use and stuff like that, psychedelics and some of this stuff. And then he talked about his addiction to, I think it was Oxycontins or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And then through us kind of giving and taking and revealing ourselves to each other, I ended up finding, like, he was like, so I made a comment. I was like, oh, I noticed like watches on the album cover and you have a lot of clock ticking and, you know, the Mm -hmm. clocks or the noise could be, could be a bomb, could be, you know, all these things, these metaphors. And then he was like, you know, I've never, I've never actually told anyone what the actual symbolism and all the the influence on the record actually came from, but we've already been talking about it. So I'll tell you Mm -hmm. like how the record came to be. And, but I stopped doing that because, sometimes listening to music almost becomes work where I have to like, okay, find something objectively in here that I find interesting, a lyric, a melody, whatever. And then I have to find, hopefully find a different perspective on it than the hundreds of other people you'll talk to over the course of your press junket. And that got, it got to the point where almost like when I used to book shows, I can't go to shows anymore without thinking numbers and guarantees and all this oh, yeah. kind of stuff. So it's ruined it. So yeah. I've almost kind of by doing this and doing the normal press junk, it's kind of ruined listening to music for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is actually one of the first things in a while where I kind of listened to the record. I actually kind of, like you said, subconsciously, I think took it in a few different ways, mm-hmm. but oddly I feel like this fit in right with where I've been. Cause I've been kind of, giving up control of my music like a thing i've been enjoying doing at least with apple is i'll think of a song boom hey apple put you know play this one song right and then it starts playing stuff that is similar in nature whether it's of the era of you know the same genre whatever and so oddly i've been on an interesting like 90s kick but like 90s so like anything from like tonic to you know dave matthews band to you know hip-hop and female artists and stuff like that right and oddly this this kind of fit right in there it because the 90s were an interesting time frame where it's like our pop music was so diverse yes it was you're right and you're right this feels like it fit right into that so i was kind of like and again kind of even going back to part of my my reading Mm -hmm. you know something uh my friend's wife had kind of said she was like you know it seems like you're kind of tapped into this. And I'm going to tell you something that someone had told me, like, you don't need this necessarily. Like, you kind of already possess a lot of these things. So why, why do you feel like you need to do this? Like, you already have the, those abilities and these things in you. Just do it. Just tap into it. Right, right. And it's been funny in the last week. I've kind of feel like I've been tapping more into some of those things to where I'm like, these aren't coincidences. I feel like these are odd signs that just keep coming and you have to be present and aware of them. Mm -hmm. And so even with this record, I was like, this feels like I was supposed to have listened to this now. And there's things in it that feel and resonate with me. And so with it, I just feel like it was really serendipitous timing to be like, all right, I'm going to listen to this record. And I even looked at your album cover and it, Mm -hmm struck me so interestingly because i don't know if anyone has said this but i f- there seems to be a sense of almost melancholy sadness a, a hint of a little bit of optimism in just your body language your posture mm-hmm. but i think the optimism comes through in the color mm-hmm. you know, the magenta cloud almost like because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it goes from like the pop of color on you and then kind of disappears and i'm kind of like as i look at that i go i feel like it's something like a like a breath almost where it's like <sighs> right and it's expelled mm-hmm. so you've you've had that moment of grief of whatever of you know a restarting point sure but it, it's so interesting how even your album cover f- seemingly ties into in a visual sense the visuals that the music emotes sure
1: well i appreciate that you know it's interesting um uh, there's so many things I want to want to say. Uh, I would like to say first, right off the bat, were the '90s the la- Was was the '90s the last great decade? Um, maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't know.
0: I think the uh, '80s were pretty solid too, as I go back and remember a lot of that. Because again, oh, popular yeah. music was so so diverse. But after the '90s, I mean, it's,
1: it's so it's so um, I don't know what's the word. Uh, everything just seems like. I don't know. Everything just blends a little too much. The nineties were very specific and it was a great time for creativity, MTV music, like the way music was presented. Um, but that was one thought that came to mind. I want to also point out that um, yeah, the the magenta on the cover was a point of contention for me. Like I really mm. wasn't certain. I thought to myself, man, I'm really making a statement here <laughs> um, with, with this sort of pink cloud. But I think the, the, the interesting thing was I came up with this, idea, like I never heard the term Thunderheads before, um, and I was on the road with uh, a dear friend of mine, Andrea Horn, who actually sings uh, backups on, on that song Pagliacci Kid. Um, she's also uh, in the live band as well. Um, she, We were driving home from upstate New York. We were on Route 17 and uh, we were driving through this mountain range. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. But we came around this turn and we see this beautiful mountain range. And I'm like, and I look up and I go, oh, my God, look at those clouds. And she goes, Thunderheads. And I was like, really? Mm. She, I go, I never. Is that what they're called? And she's like, yeah, you never heard that term before? And I never have. And um, it was really like something that just resonated with me. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, maybe this is the album title. Um, and I mentioned it to the label and they loved it. And I and I started just living with it. And I started thinking about it in terms of like, I looked up what it meant, like what, why they're called that. And, and you know, they're called that because they build up this, you know, amount of moisture, and they become very dramatic, and they, you know, explode upward. And then, you know, finally, they're at, the, they're basically at a breaking point. Hmm. So I thought to myself, what a great sort of analogy or a great metaphor for the album and for like the state of mind that I was at and the state of mind that um, Candice was at at my you know this person that I was worked with a lot on the record and also became very very close with during that time period you know um so it was a to me it was like like once again using that word serendipitous it was perfect um but then along came the idea of like, okay, what's the album cover going to be? So I was like, I just see like, like clouds, like these dramatic clouds being a, it's, I was, t- I was like, this is so easy. Clouds are beautiful. That's just so <laughs> cool clouds, and So I started doing that. And then, um, I started layering them over different images and I, and I came upon that one cloud that actually had its this, this sort of tone to it, this color to it. And, um, No matter what I tried to do, I couldn't get it to look right unless it was really like that intense pink magenta color. It didn't look right. I mean, we try to use it in other ways, like the the bled out single. There's another variation of it. It's like blue. Mm -hmm. And that's the best. That's the only other way it sort of looks right. Um, We really struggled with getting the artwork to look a certain way. And um, it was only, like I said, it's only, it only works really, really well with <laughs> that color. So um, to me, it's like another thing where it's like, okay, this is kind of meant to be, and and don't fight it. Don't be afraid of it, just go with it. So I'm glad that it has this, this, um, it kind of gives off this sort of vibe to you, uh, to someone who, who listened to the record and, and sort of looked at the artwork and kind of got that from it. Because it is, it's, it can mean, Obviously, I want it to mean whatever, you know, whatever listener sort of sees or gets from it. That's great. But for me, it really does. It's that duality of like this intense experience. Uh, um, It's really heavy hearted. But at the same time, there is also this sort of, um, uh, I guess, guess idea of perseverance or recovery, you know, so that breath.
0: (laughs) You know, it's interesting. You know, I was talking earlier about how I had my cards read and then there was a secondary set of cards that were used. Mm -hmm. So as my friend was explaining that she, like I said, uses multiple decks, um, the ones, the second set she used were called Oracle cards and they're more colors and Uh, words. mm -hmm. So I wonder just, you know, because seemingly kind of trying to tap into things and thinking about things more as you're in the moment, I wonder if those two colors, if you were to go through and find out what those two colors actually represent in that on that set of cards. I wonder if it would be in line with what thematically, you know, everything is kind of tied in, even in that capacity. Oh, interesting. I wonder myself. (laughs) I will. I will probably do a little digging when we're done and kind of find that out, because it's sometimes like there's things like that where you're like, well, these are the only two things that work. Mm hmm. And why fight it if like, that's just how it is. Why fight it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's funny because, you know, like I was really hesitant. I thought, I even thought that like, there was a part of me that thought, man, are people going to even buy this record? It's like pink and blue and like the vinyl now is pink and, you know, and apparently people are like really responding to it. And I'm happy about that. They're like, really love it. Like they commented like specifically, wow, the album art is beautiful. I really love it. So I'm like really glad that that worked out. Um. So, yeah, man, sorry to cut you off.
0: No, I was just going to say, I think sometimes like I have found there to be things like that, too, where it's like like even with the artwork, like as you kind of see it now, Um, you know, when I had a uh, Porter from a tree uh, as a graphic designer and I had him kind of do it because I wanted someone who kind of knew me and mm-hmm. knew and had been on the show to kind of help me bring out what, you know, the next era iteration of the show in visual form And, you know, he was like, well, what do you think? And I was like, I just want it to be clean. Like, Hmm. you know, my other logo was so busy. Like, it's super colorful because I just kept thinking you need something even in a little thumbnail, like on a phone or whatever. That's going to pop that if you see it when you're scrolling through, like you're going to wait, what's that? Because it doesn't it doesn't have the headphones. It doesn't have all the cliche things that podcast graphics have. Right. And and I said that was great for a time being, Mm -hmm. but I want something that's a little more subdued. I want something that's more, you know just clean and simple and i was like you know i find as i get older that's kind of what i want i mean in in light of the background of my office but it's like even in doing stuff like that it's like i would like the wall that's next to me used to just be a hodgepodge of shit and it's like now i'm like okay like these skateboards put them in a color pattern you know i have a dmx poster next to my alia skateboards put the red and black ones next to the red and black dmx poster like there's kind of things that you just start doing where you're like i want things to kind of be clean and simple and and just Mm -hmm. have their place and Mm -hmm. I feel like even in some of these things, like you know, like just you know, the universe will kind of just tell you how things should be. Like you'll just kind of see it and be like, oh yeah, that's obvious. Yeah. And I think even in in your album artwork thing, it seems like throughout the whole process of of this record, the thing that I keep hearing you re-say is I just it just happened. It just kinda I, I stopped fighting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like when you do things like that, I, I feel like you're it just reveals and just works itself out, and it's a it's such a a metaphor for everything. Like I should just stop fighting things and just see what happens.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, that's also, um, I think, um, a lot of people might've experienced that through the pandemic at the, at this point, like at this point in my life as a musician, I've been making music for, I can't, I mean, started. <laughs> I started, I don't want to say it, but I've been doing this a long, long time. And, um, I, uh, I got to a point where I was like, you know what, this is it, man. Like I want to, I want to do what I want to do. I want to do it my way. I want to, I want to be confident in, in my own voice. I want to be confident in my, my, my music. And I just want to, I want to do what, what kind of comes through me naturally. And there's no reason to not do that anymore because um, what do I have to lose really, you know, at this point of the game. And uh, I'll be, I'll be honest. I think this so far, the journey has been really, really rewarding in the sense that um, the amount of support I've been getting from from my friends, even my family, um, my bandmates, uh, the label, my manager, the people that have seen me perform, um, my peers—you know—it's just. I'm I'm glad it's happening now because I feel like you know everything is the right place. You know everything happens when it's supposed to happen, um, but uh, I'm 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 I don't know. Like <laughs> a part of me is I would have did this a long time ago. Uh, but whatever, man. It doesn't matter. Everything happens for a reason (laughs) when it happens. And I'm just glad that 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 it's happening.
0: I think that has been something I have learned with this podcast for you know the five years, a little over five years we've been doing or I've been doing it Mm -hmm. is it's interesting. I used to like stress out about like 30, 40 emails in trying to get someone and then it falls through for whatever reason or, you know, literally sitting here waiting, you know, to talk to someone like I had, Jonathan Davis was going to talk to him Mm -hmm. two minutes before he was supposed to come on, you know, management calls me and they're like, Hey man, it's not going to happen. I'm like, all right, like we'll reschedule. Like when, when works and they're like, no, 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 it's not going to happen. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Wow. All right. Like whatever, not a big deal. Like you, Mm -hmm. you just kind of take the L and move on. Mm -hmm. But like, this oddly has taught so much taught me so much that I've been able to put into my own life. Like, like, like you said, things are going to happen when they're supposed to, like there's yeah. been people where I've tried so hard to get them. And then it's like, when I stopped caring, Ooh. when I'm like, it's whatever, it's fine. I'll, someone else will come along and I'll have a great conversation with that person. Mm-hmm. And you know, whatever. And then said person maybe hits you back up and they're like, Hey man, like I got some time. And you're like, awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And I tend to find that when those people kind of come back, mm-hmm. the conversation is infinitely better than it would have been if I would have done it when I would have done it because I would have been, like you're saying almost musically, not forcing it, but it's like I don't think I had the capacity to have what the conversation should have been. Like this conversation, if you and I would have had it a few years ago when you were on Warp Tour and I was trying to like get something going, mm-hmm. I don't think we would have had this conversation at all.
1: Wow. Wait, so you try to get a thing going with – candy uh, during warp
0: tour and a couple different. times actually really? so i tried doing something on warped uh we went to um my wife and i had always talked about going somewhere other than detroit because detroit's hot as shit and there's just no reprieve from the heat right um so we ended up going to see a friend's band uh play their last show and they're from rhode island mm-hmm. and then i was talking to the singer and i'm like hey are you going like you guys partying afterward or whatever and he goes uh the guys are i'm not i'm going to the connecticut War-, or he goes i'm going to Warp tomorrow and i go warp tours in rhode island Mm -hmm. and he goes no it's in connecticut and then i looked it up and it was like an hour away so i was talking to my wife was like i go to warp tour like i had a friend on the tour Mm -hmm. and then she was like yeah let's go so we bought tickets went down and it was the one in connecticut and i think new haven i think is where it was okay um super gorgeous day it was like the best warp tour experience anyone could ever ask for like a nice spring day lots of trees and all that kind of shit and i had tried to because i think i had my gear with me and i was like on the tour, I would reach out and try to do something, but I guess I wasn't on the level to to have Warp Tour because I think Warp Tour is the one who handles the press things, not Ooh. the band stuff. Yeah. So okay. just yeah, I know. So it just is what it was. Um, right. I think I was going to well, try to do
1: for that, man. I, I, we were doing tons of press. I mean, every single day we did so much press. It was actually, it was weird, man. Warp Tour was the type of thing that like I never wanted I never had any interest in warp tour um I was it's not really my thing like the style of, if if you want to call it like warp tour music or whatever which is you know really you know kind of a lame thing for me to say because I, <laughs> but but I'll get to the good part um I had no interest in warp tour never wanted to go I didn't look at it as like my my thing but then when we got it and and like there were people that were like insistent that we do it because you know they were like you don't turn down warp tour you just do it and I was like, all right, I guess we're gonna do this thing. And then we started doing it and it was really hard at first. We lost, we went through two, three uh, tour buses in the first week. We almost went home, we almost quit. But once again, there were people and I have to credit um, AJ Channer from uh, Fire mm-hmm. from the yes. Gods and uh, my singer Carly for just really being adamant about we're not giving up and we're gonna stick it out and we're gonna figure this shit out. And And we did, and we wound up on an amazing tour bus and we wound up doing the tour and, and I will say it wound up being one of the greatest experiences in my life. And um, it wound up being a great learning experience. And I have a profound respect for anyone that is involved with like any type of summer tour or any type of traveling tour. It's, it's a thing to sort of be in awe of like the crews and the people that do the catering, the people that build the stages, the people that are, are managing these stages. I mean, they're doing their day is like, they're doing 15 hour days every single day. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Um, and uh, and and then the bands and the musicians, what they go through, it's such an intense experience. Um, but point being, like we woke up in the morning, you had to A, find the grounds, you were far, far, <laughs> far away. Then you had to go find a toilet if you needed it, <laughs> you know, and just take a moment. Um, and then like you got your schedule and you found out where you were going to go do press and what you were going to do, what time breakfast was, it was a really, really rigid, intense experience. Um, and you were busy until that show ended. And then when the show ended, you got to go and hang out and have a drink and party. And then the crew continued working and it was just nuts. And, um, yeah, man. Uh, but my apologies that it didn't work out simply because, you know, we didn't know who we were getting interviewed by. Ever. It was yeah. a wild thing.
0: Well, I think, you know, I, and it's funny, you have echoed the same sentiment I've made several times on this show, you know, cause that was, like I said, I had a friend that was on the tour Ooh. and, and, once he, because fu- I was trying to surprise him and not tell him I was there. I was just going to have uh, him show okay. up. But he had a clothing company that he also had a, a booth for while he was tming uh, for CKY. Okay. And so I hit him up and I was like, Hey, a friend's there. Like they want to meet you or whatever. Where are you at? And he was like, Oh, like didn't answer my text. And then finally I was like, Hey, asshole, I'm fucking here. Where are you? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: And then he's like, you're, you're here. He goes. And then when we met him it was funny. he goes, well, you're like Midwest. Like I, I always know, like when I'm in the Midwest, I might see you in Chicago here, whatever. Right. You're not East coast. Mm -hmm. people and i go which is funny because i'm from the east coast so like the fact that you don't associate me with any as an east coast person Mm -hmm. is funny to me but it was interesting going to that because i have said you know getting that all access pass uh to just see the work like going on to those like main stages that are cut in half like Mm -hmm. to see a band like as soon as hey we're done we're so-and-so come to our merch so-and-so's up next whatever right to then literally see crew tear that down Mm -hmm. real fast and then the other band's crew set up strike mm-hmm. the stage sound check while the other band's playing. Yeah. So as soon as they're done, boom, now the next one goes load up the truck, like just to see all that. And then even when we went to catering, you know, just like walking through and seeing like, Oh, here's a dude like giving haircuts to people, mm-hmm. like just in the yeah. middle. And people are, you know, the barber shop kind of vibe, like a people just waiting around, joking, catering too. you see like bands that probably you wouldn't assume the people would go together, but like they're hanging out and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was, So interesting to see a tour like that from that perspective. And it's like, I know I talk so much about it, but it it is one of those things to me. It's like, you just, you just don't understand how, how crazy it is to see it firsthand and just see like, these are like the pro of the pro of the pro world of touring. And like you said, it's, it's essentially setting up a small city day in and day out for 30, 40 days in a row, probably traveling across the country. And even, I think you have one or two Canada dates too, initially, but it's just, it's fucking incredible. And it makes you, then when you go see other shows that are like stationary touring things, and you're like, why are you running 40 minutes behind?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, You know, also shout out to all the, all the concert goers, the, the people that come out to these shows, because I will say, man, the heat can be brutal in the middle of summer and you know it's like people at the end of the day are like running for cover like they're in the shade they're any little tiny (laughs) they're standing there because the sun beats down on you and it just really can really take a lot out of you you know we've seen a lot of people dehydrate a lot of people being taken out on like you know stretchers and day-to-day like the first I think the the Las Vegas date, I think it was like a record high of like 120 degrees. We literally saw a melted garbage, a melted garbage can. I can't, I'm not even joking. You could have fried an egg on the on the hood of a fucking car. Easily, it would have been like done in a second. But um, which is kind of gross in a way. But um, I don't know why I think of these things. Uh, but um, yeah, the the people that come and 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 come out to these things and they're like diehards. They go every year. I mean, it's like. It wouldn't exist without them. So it's kind of like you got to tip tip your hat to those folks too, you know.
0: I was always jealous. I don't think the last couple warp tours that my wife and I had talked about going to when it was still going existed in this wherever it was in Vegas. Because I think you guys were over – because they have a, like a legit like venue outside now uh, yeah. where they did like Lost Rages and stuff like that. Really great area too, uh, having yeah. gone – and like the Vegas nights are great for outdoor stuff like that. Um, but they used to have it, I think it like the hard rock or something. And yeah. they would have stages next to pool, like on pools, basically. Oh yeah. That's totally and right. I was like, that looked like it would be such a blast. Cause it's like, it's hot as shit, but you know what? I'm going to hang out in the pool and watch mm-hmm. whatever bands here. Like that would be so much fun.
1: Yeah. Um, oddly. The, uh, the heat was so bad that we actually originally had a merch guy come out on the road with us. This guy named Pat. And this guy was a veteran man. He had done merch for you name the band. He was out on the road with them. But, uh, I think the third day into doing merch for us, he had a heat stroke Mm. and, um, he came back to the, to the bus and, um, he couldn't bring his body temperature down. And he was literally, he was, he was dry. He was dry heaving and doing this whole thing where he was like, just puking up nothing, a clear sign that someone is actually in trouble and having a heat stroke. Um, but he insisted on uh, continuing on and working. And we were like, yo, man, I don't, we don't know, man. This is a little crazy. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. And Vegas was the one that got him. And um, mm. by the end of that day, he was the color of a lobster, A. B, he was completely sick. His body was like, I mean, it, re- it retapped. He went to the hospital and his body took two entire bags of heavy oh. fluid. Like, wow. boom, like that. And then the doctor was like, listen, if you continue this tour, you you may just get worse and worse and more sick and more sick. And he goes, this is literally like a life-threatening thing that you should you should consider going home. Mm-hmm. And he came back to us as like, guys, I'm sorry, I have to go home. And it was like, we were like, this is fucking nuts. How does this happen? And uh, so we had to, like, you know, do the merch ourselves. But it actually turned out to be a good thing because I think having uh, band members working the merch it just it just enabled us to connect more with people and do more photo you know more photo stuff and do the things that the, the young the new fans and the young people that never been to a concert before because you're you're so fortunate to play to be in a situation like that where like wow this is this is this kid's first concert mm. you know and there's something that they'll never forget it they will never forget that and you have a fan for life basically as long as you perform well and you're not an idiot. <laughs> you have a fan for life because they're loving it. They're just fucking loving it, and it's and it's great to meet those those young people.
0: There's two things to that. You know, you're talking about the Warp Tour experience for you. Two things that I feel like I just kind of thought of. First of all, you know, your bus bus issues. You know, the story you just told the Pat. Like, I feel like if there's anything that a band can have be thrown. It has happened to you guys. And as you were telling the story of like, we went through like three buses and AJ Mm -hmm. and Carly were like, you know, like let's ride it out. Mm -hmm. I feel like that just, you know, going back to mantras, I feel like that's just your fucking mantra for (laughs) Kandaria. We're just going to ride it out. It's true, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm riding this wave, baby. (laughs) And secondly, and I guess I, I, I mean, I see it with some of the shows I go to, like, you know, I was talking to my wife the other day, and i don't fucking remember what i wish i could remember what song it was but i was like how is this song 25 oh spice girls uh like i was saying like randomly some stuff comes on uh one of my favorite one of my favorite spice girls songs ever and i don't give a fuck um mm-hmm. two, when two become one or two become one like the vocal mm-hmm. melodies on that were all the like because the uh it sounds terrible to say it like this uh because i forget her name um the black singer mm-hmm. um Cinnamon she's or? not huh
1: is that no, I'm thinking of another Scary, song.
0: I think it's Scary Spice. Scary I, think Spice? It was hers, okay. I think, which is also problematic, too, now that I think about it. Um, oh. But it was one of those where she wasn't kind of the main vocalist like she was on a lot of other tracks. It's kind of the three or four that aren't. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of get to hear everyone's, because it's a real slow kind of ballad-y thing, and... I was just like, ah, this, this vocally, the song is just so, so great from a production standpoint. Like it just sounds so good. And I like happened to like look down and it was like, whatever, uh, Spice Girl self-titled record 25th anniversary is like, how the fuck is this record 25 wow. years old? Crazy. And then my wife just goes, yeah, we're old. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those, like, you know, thinking about as you're talking about the warp tour thing, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about how you guys now have become a multi-generational band. Like, mm-hmm. how, are like, I'm sure you see that.
1: Sure. Yeah. It's amazing man and um we're very like we don't I mean we don't quite understand it sometimes <laughs> we're like okay how is this like you know this crazy music that is just like so complex and aggressive um somehow you know I look at Spotify numbers not that it really matters much but it does it is it is kind of telling I think we have more monthly listeners now than we did, even when we were actively touring and like for warp Tour and doing those dates, more and more people are becoming fans now. And it's, it's kind of amazing and a beautiful thing because, you know, um, you know, we, we were just young artists trying to do our, our thing. What we thought was, was an interesting and fun way to, um, kind of, uh, write music. And, um, we we're glad that, uh, we still get uh excited young fans and and, and people interested in, in in interviewing the band and talking to me and talking to other guys and and wondering about what we were trying to do and all that stuff. So um <laughs> I am very happy to uh to to be part of that experience.
0: It's definitely something that uh like I said, I was when I saw this, because I, I was actually thinking I have so many weird ties to the band. Like when you guys played Lansing, uh, a friend of mine had booked the show. And Uh-oh. I think that was another time I had tried to, to get someone on that for the podcast. And then I think you guys showed up late, like with van, again, van issues <laughs> oh, yeah. and some other stuff. And it was just like, eh. and I was like, you know, I'm just going to go and enjoy the show. Like if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. Um, right. But it was one of those, like having seen the band kind of in different iterations and even like a friend of mine, when uh he and i hadn't haven't seen each other in a little bit and he was like you know again life kind of mirroring each other like i just bought this house with my wife and then he just bought a house with his uh fiance and so we were kind of texting the other day and he was like who do you got coming up on the podcast and i was like oh interestingly enough i have john and he goes oh do you want me to like help you like come up with questions i was like no i don't really do that anymore it's just a conversation Mm -hmm. but i go um I go, it's funny, like, we haven't talked in a little while, uh, listening to this record, kind of, you know, thinking about the times I've seen you in recent years and stuff like that. And and he was like, yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about because he had tried out for Carly's band Mm. and, you know, kind of almost same thing with Pat in a different time frame and timeline. Hey, for uh, my friend had tried out for Carly's band. They really liked him. They wanted him to be a part of it. And Carly was like, look, dude, like you live in Michigan. You'd need to move here. You're also diabetic. Like, and we ain't going to make the kind of money you need to like sustain sure. as a, as a, as a being. Right. Um, like if you want it, it's yours. But like, I, yeah. I, I can't in good faith kind of have you knowing that like, I'm kind of ruining your life. <laughs> yeah, sure. And so it was just kind of funny just to kind of. Again, like life kind of bringing all these these memories and these things together at one point where you're just like, I haven't thought about it in a while or I haven't seen this person or I haven't, you know, whatever. And it was just kind of like one of those. I was like, man, sometimes life will remind you of just how connected we all are, even if we've never met.
1: Sure. No, 100%, man. Um, yeah, Carly, man. I mean, he, was, he is that guy. He, he's so great. He was the one who called me whenever it came time to join Candiria. And um, although his, I think his attitude and maybe his style—he was a much younger guy at that time—might have been a little bit um, a less uh, like um, um, a less. I, I wouldn't say warm because he was always a warm and and. Let's say less oh, abrasive. <laughs> less abrasive. <laughs> like when he called me to join the band, he's like, "Yo, yo, yo! <laughs> he's like, you want to join my band?" And that was it. And I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> now he's a little bit more, you know, he's older, he's wiser. He's definitely, uh, um, I think that the thing that I love about Carly is he is not afraid to shift gears um, throughout his life. Hmm. If, if need need be, um, he's kind of like a true blue type of person. Like he's always going to wear his heart on his sleeve. And um, he, I'll never forget him saying like about Candiria and specifically in our musical journey, um, he, he, he was very, um, uh, persistent in the idea of like, I want to start bringing more light into the world. There's too much darkness and, and I don't want to add to it anymore. Mm. And It was something that really stayed with me. I was like, wow, what a, what a kind of intense thing to kind of decide and then just say, because you're definitely stepping out of your comfort zone. And now you're going to do this thing where it's like, instead of harping on this negativity, not that Candiria only harped on negativity, but we did really. I guess we did. Let's just say we harped on <laughs> negative aspects in the world and how to sort of combat that. But instead of it, I guess it's really just a way, a perspective thing, or or like there's a there's there's more than one way to say something. Like you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you can you can you can give someone a boost of confidence, but you can do it either one of two ways. You can do it with this selfless sort of like. Um, encouraging sort of way of saying it, or you can say it in a way that is um, what's that word. Um, can't think of it. Uh, damn it. Sort of like a, um, a, I don't know. Oh, damn it. What's that fucking word. It's, <laughs> I use it a million times, but I can't think of it. Uh, anyway, there is more than one way of saying something and you could say it with like a negative connotation or you can say it with, with like encouragement and support. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of where he was going with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's so funny. Like I feel like, and I know I got to wrap up with you because you got someone right after me, but in a couple minutes. But sure. it's it's funny you say that because I talk about pivoting all the time. Mm-hmm. If you if you're hitting something in this, you're just not finding the success. Stop for a second. Again, take the breath, mm-hmm. pivot, and right. then try to find success. And and I see so many people in the music industry. Uh, in different facets that I, like my friend, I was talking about that was on the tour, tour managing. He was in a band. He was, you know, from Long Island band got signed to Josta's label and just couldn't kind of get over that hump of kind of taking the band to the next level to be sustainable. And they called it a day. And he was, you know, he has said on the podcast, he was like, you know, I played my last show. I took an opportunity to tour manage band Margera's tour and i made more money doing that than i ever did playing in my band mm-hmm. and now it's taken him to where he's gone all over the world he's you know had a successful career at tming and doing lights and all right. this other stuff for a lot of artists and it's one of those where it's like you could have just kept beating your head against the wall and being one of those people who's like man if you know and i and i hear these stories on not on my show, but on other podcasts mm-hmm. uh, where you'll hear kind of the jaded musicians like, you know, if that one record wouldn't have been fucked over by on, on getting released or this one manager didn't fuck us or if this one tour would have come through. And it's always like and I hear that and I go, you the signs were there, man, like you yeah. could have, you could have done different things. Sure. And even still, all these years later, all I hear you say is it's someone else's fault and you don't uh, look inward sure. and you didn't pivot. And yeah. yeah to me, I I hear so many of those that it's like when I hear the stories and I think it's because you have shed an ego, you look inward and you're able to go, something's not working. What can I do to change it? Uh, And be kind of manifest your own destiny there. And to me, kind of full circle moment, I feel like that's something that you have constantly done as an artist and as a band um, is, is taking things into your own and, and kind of Pivoting where others maybe would be like, well, this is successful. I'm just going to keep doing that, and it's like, but it may not be successful to me. It may not fulfill me, so I don't right. want to keep doing that either.
1: Sure, yeah, exactly. And and you know, just to to comment on what you were just saying, that like learning that sort of that attitude about like, you know, oh, it's this person's fault. This happened. This is why. Um, it's like you you have to be careful to not allow something to sort of become like your identity like for many years and I, I don't I have a problem talking about the accident at all but for many years I you know it's hard for when something that intense and, and traumatic happens to you for you not to think about like this way that like oh that's my story it that, it's it's part of your story does it, it define doesn't you happen it doesn't define you and I think that is something that it took me a very long time to learn that and to also learn that, like, okay, you're a musician. Um, it doesn't mean you have to be broke. Doesn't mean you don't have to work. And it took me quite a long, long time to finally be like, okay, I don't want to be broke anymore. I want to have fucking money. I wanna, I want to be comfortable. So I need to like change, pivot. I need to like, my music is here money's here like let's kind of do this you know or <laughs> this you know and and that's really what it came down to and and I'll be honest with you um since I made those moves and and became more active in like making sure that I'm working all the time or doing something productive that actually uh, enables me to easily pay my bills or I have security um now that that's in place I can put in the right amount of time to focus on music and I'm actually way happier and I'm kind of actually doing better now than I ever was. Um, I didn't want to go back and say that the word I was looking for was patronizing. Ah, and, okay. So, you know, I think anyway, that's all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well i think that's a good place to wrap up because i feel like i could talk to you for a long time uh so anytime uh you're doing a project or if you're ever around in the area i would love to have you back on and just shoot the shit and catch up because uh this was a lot of fun for me i I don't know hopefully the rest of your press junket is equally as uh as fun as maybe this was hopefully for you yeah
1: no this was great john thank you so much i really enjoyed this i love talking to you so let's definitely do it again
0: absolutely uh enjoy the rest of your day and where can people find you or whatever you want to plug on online
1: uh lamakia music basically one look one word um that's pretty much all over any social that i'm on facebook instagram is the main thing i'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that platform more than anything. <laughs> but i'm on tiktok man i'm
0: trying <laughs> i tried that the other day or a couple of weeks ago and i was like i don't get this i'm done <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it takes a moment, it takes a moment. You know, what are you going to do? This is, this is, you know, we're doing podcasts. We didn't do them 20 years ago. You I know. Know. So it is what it is. Um, but, uh, thank you once again. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I'll definitely be sharing and, 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 uh, letting everybody know this is a great podcast. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. You too. So that was my conversation with John. Uh, once again, I want to thank him for his time uh, it is one of those sometimes when you you kind of get on a roll with somebody and you have to be very aware of the time and you're like, OK, I have to cut it off at this, this point because there's someone else coming right behind him uh, to, to talk to. And it's just it's such a, a bummer to like know that you have to like refrain from continuing the conversation that you're thoroughly enjoying, especially when topics kind of get brought up and you're like, we could circle back to that. We could circle back to that. And do all those kind of things and, and just keep this conversation going longer. Um, it is one of those where I think there's still plenty of meat left on the bone uh, from a conversational standpoint between John and I. And he is welcome to come back on any point uh, whenever he would like to and just continue on the conversation just to catch up even. Um, I did really find it interesting, you know, as I was talking in the intro and as you heard in the in the conversation, you know, I was a little bit hesitant to bring up the fact that I'd had my cards read recently. But it was funny that, you know, in talking about, you know, the last song on the on the EP, it became this connecting point between the two of us where it was like, that's actually my first time as well of my cards being read. And you're literally getting to hear it. And so a lot of the connections and a lot of the things that you're feeling uh, are, are are accurate, you know, because they are these things. They are something that you obviously have gone through and. Uh, it's kind of a, a similar experience uh, that we shared, except for I put mine on record and you didn't. It's been very rewarding uh, to kind of open up a little bit more about things that I'm going through. Um, you know, I think I've made mention of it before, but sometimes, you know, it's a little bit scary to to open up about your life and about your things you're going through personally. And, you know, and I know I have done that more frequently as of late, uh, even more so than I have in the last year and to have some people reach out and just kind of be like, you know, it's actually really refreshing to hear someone say these things. Um, it's, it's very, uh, it's very positive reinforcement to kind of seek enlightenment and to kind of just find your way through life and not be afraid to do it. Um, and you know, it's just a, it's one of those interesting experiences as you get older, you just kind of want to learn more about yourself and, and kind of, I guess the universe and the world we live in. So, um, I guess potentially, if that's something that you're into as well, uh, you heard two people who had their first experiences with it, and you know were had a good experience with it. Um, all of that said, uh, speaking of kind of new experiences, um, I've got a whole bunch of new beers recently, and I'm cracking into the Under the Pear Tree from Martin House Brewing. Uh, I haven't had it yet. Uh, pear is one of those that I feel like is. It's either really good or it's too much. I don't there's not much middle ground so I'm interested to see how this goes actually the sweetness of the pear p- complements the uh, the kind of sweetness of the sour or the sourness of the sour uh, kind of a redundant statement but it actually works really well it's a very good balancing point. Uh, it almost tastes kind of like a, a juice uh, more than a beer. Um, super drinkable Martin House again knocks this one out of the park. Um, I kind of want to give something away. Speaking of beer, I kind of want to give something away, but I'm going to wait until I'm a little bit further along in the process of, uh, to announce what I am kind of working on behind the scenes. But just know there is something on the horizon where I will tap a little bit more into the beer craft world, uh, craft beer, craft cocktail, uh, space that we don't really necessarily showcase Uh, on this. Also, speaking of showcasing, I would love to give a quick little shout out to all the sites that actually ran my videos uh, from me going to the Lamb of God, uh, I was gonna say Anthrax, Lamb of God uh, Megadeth uh, Trivium in Flame show uh, this past week. Uh, It's crazy. Um, When I filmed the first couple of songs or whatever, of Corn set from Upheaval last year, uh, I think tentatively it's tapped out at like about 60,000 views collectively between the two videos. Uh, right now, I think I'm on pace to have almost 60,000, uh, views and a couple hundred comments and about a hundred subscribers, uh, in a matter of one day, a little over one day as I'm recording this. So, uh, potentially if you are listening to this podcast, cause I do see that some of you are going back and listening to episodes, which is awesome and greatly appreciated and why I put the podcast over on YouTube as well. Um, Thank you. Thank you to everyone who is new. Uh, thank you to everyone who uh, shared the, the videos, who's commented, all those things. Uh, is greatly appreciated, especially as a DIY podcast that, you know, that kind of reach and stuff like that doesn't just happen unless you dump shitloads of money into it. So uh, thanks to everyone for the share and all that kind of stuff. Um, We got some great episodes coming up, Uh, but to wrap up this episode with John, if you would like to keep up with him, you can find him at Lamachia Music on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, He does have a Facebook. I don't know if he's adding personal friends. I don't see a a like page on there personally, so uh, I guess proceed with caution on that one, if you will. And if you would like to keep up with the podcast, it's simple enough. You can find us at Pod on all of your various social networks. Um, follow us, you know, if you, wherever you listen to this podcast, rate, review, subscribe, whatever it is that you can do. If you would like to support the podcast monetarily, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bruce speak pod. We have access to episodes earlier than you will get them on the normal feed. There's extra content of an extra podcast called what I learned from a podcast. Uh, I usually do behind the scenes videos of making weekly playlists, which I've been slacking on a little bit. Um, but having just bought a house and having a million projects, uh, that I've been doing that makes little, my time go somewhere else. So, uh, forgive that, but there has been a new playlist video that just got updated about a week ago and, uh, yeah, there's tons of great stuff over there. Always open to, uh, you know, connecting with everyone and just growing this thing into its own little community, uh, which is a very interesting segue into next week's episode, uh, with Sergio from, uh, Quicksand. Uh, X deftones I'm sure at this point you have heard all about all of those things. Uh, this is a really great conversation. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. But in the meantime, you'll have to wait a week. So till next week, I am John, and I will see you all then. Have a great weekend.